Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science, science. can just peacefully. This was their finest. Alright guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. And I'm Sean. Now guys, you might remember from way, way back, a running motif in our show was Osmosis Jones. Yeah! Nate loves Osmosis Jones. It wasn't Will Smith, it was Chris Rock. (laughs) 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 That's a funny mix-up. Which is, yeah, that is interesting. (laughs) Fate is so funny that way. Yeah, yeah. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock out of our minds in terms of being the person <laughs> yeah, in Osmosis yeah, so, Jones. Hey, but anyway, so, you know, you guys remember Osmosis Jones is the wonderful story about how cells move <laughs> inside the human body, right? <laughs> it's a wonderful documentary. Yeah, they walk. <laughs> from the BBC. No, but, you know, I think uh, one of the reasons we talk so much about Osmosis Jones is because uh, we talk a lot about cellular biology on this podcast. That is right. A lot of cool stuff about the cell. One of the really interesting things that we were always talking about with the cell is the scale of a cell, mm-hmm. um, whether it be prokaryotic or eukaryotic. Uh, you know, one of the things that we talked about is the importance of scale. In terms of cells, right? Uh, eukaryotic cells have a certain size, pretty big, all yeah. things considered. Yeah, I mean, look, a lot of you guys, Thank you. <laughs> you've, you've gone through high school, <laughs> which means that you've probably taken biology. And in high school biology, one of the things that comes up is that bacteria are like pretty small. Right. And our cells are much bigger. Right. Right. And that sense well, of scale between the two. Except in Osmosis Jones, because the bad guy's like a virus, right? And he's like, Ripped. He like goes to gold. <laughs> that, that, that is true. He drinks whey powder, dude. That is true. That Andre is true. Day's whey tablets made from real chicken bone, dude. He like pressure <laughs> cooks them. Not, okay. That does not make sense. <laughs> and then grinds them <laughs> no. into a pure chicken bone <laughs> whey powder that's broth. Got, um, hill. There's no and, way. In and there. it freeze dries it. Right? <laughs> so you guys want to start your day with Andre Day's whey powder. <laughs> right. You should have just ended with whey. Okay, <laughs> that rhymes with day already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right. So bacteria are supposed to be small, right? And they're supposed to be small because of physics, right? Like yeah. there's not a lot of bundled organelles inside bacteria. And so for the thing to fucking function, uh, for a molecule of import to go across a bacteria to do any particular thing, it's got to be small. Yeah. Whoa. Except sometimes. Except sometimes. So throughout the story of maybe the past 50 or 60 years is that we've actually found some bacteria that are bigger than we thought was possible for bacteria. And very recently, we found found the the biggest one yet. The big one, boys. So let's go ahead and get into it. Let's talk about this big jabron. All right. So this is actually from an article I sent you, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I guess yeah, I guess you sent me the first. Back, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, look at that. Um, so Nate reads some science. That's that's yeah. actually unknown to all our listeners. I know something. Nate that, reads some science news. That there's actually a good number of times where you'll send me a science, yeah. uh, like a news article right. about science, and then I'll go and try to find the paper. An embarrassing number of which are from Vox. Oh, I do read Vox. It's sometimes. okay. It's okay. <laughs> Why? It's not blue collar enough for you? It's too intellectual? <laughs> well, no, it's certainly not too intellectual. <laughs> Every article is like, why you should be mad about blank? Uh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, every it's Vox article is an explainer, <laughs> right? And so all of them are like, <laughs> it's like smart news for dummies. I see. Vox I see. Like, okay. Right? Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so back in June of this year, scientists from the US and France put out a paper about how they discovered a really big bacteria, mm. okay? And to go back to what Nathan was saying at the top of the episode, when we're trying to get a sense of scale, normally a typical bacteria is hovering around one to two micrometers long. Yeah. Okay? And the width of a human hair, for example, is maybe something like 100 micrometers. So your hair is about as thick as if you put like 100 bacteria laid side by Which, side. by the way, actually blows my mind. I thought bacteria were like quarks. You know, I thought they were the fucking, of course, they're not actually the size of a subatomic particle. But, like, that's actually a lot bigger than I realized. Yeah. Because yeah. I could see hair. I know that sounds so right. stupid, but, like. <laughs> yeah, so hair, to me, pushes the limit of kind of, like, what we can discriminate just by looking at things with our naked eye. Right. Right? And so bacteria. Except, like, yeah. bushels of pubic, right? Like, well, like I remember once I went to this gym in Korea. And there's like all these naked older men, of watching, course. like just like with their legs spread, blow drying their junk. It's Korea, yes. Watching Dodgers, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's just like, just like masses of chaparral, right? Yeah, like yeah. In, indiscriminate, non-distinguishable masses of black chaparral. <laughs> it was very but, traumatizing I mean, as to, a child. But to be clear. Hair, human hair can be 10 times thicker than what I just described. I mean, some and hair. that is what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about, right? It's a lot thicker. Yes, yes. That is, that is definitely for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some of the follicles on these dudes, right? Yeah, it's yeah. got a tootsie roll in there. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it actually used to be floss in Roman times. <laughs> just get some Mongol hair. Some Scythian pubis. That was as valuable as paper uh. back then, dude. Gold. <laughs> I like. I legitimately would not put that past like Kato or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I got two balls of wine. How much Scythian pubic hair do you have? <laughs> okay, I need so, floss for a whole village. Um, cells in our body are typically much bigger than bacteria. If you're just talking about diameter, then our cells are typically around 20 micrometers in diameter, which is 20 times wider than a bacterial cell. But you have to keep in mind that all these things are 3D. So even if one dimension is 20 times bigger, the whole volume of the cell is much bigger than that, right, right. in comparison. But we've always known that human cells aren't like the biggest cells out there. Amoebas can go from being barely bacteria-sized to like 20 centimeters, okay? 20 centimeters, so like fucking shitload of inches, right? I mean, like that's like a, that's a fucking big thing. And, you know, most of them are a little bit under a millimeter, which is still... Bigger than your human hair. Right. Right? So, the bacteria that scientists found, you could actually see with the naked eye. Right. Kind of like how you can see hair. It looks sort of like a weird hair thing. Right. And clocks in at around a centimeter long. Right. Which is longer than, like, a fruit fly. And this was, like, this is dangling off of some underwater roots, right? Yeah, off of a sunken leaf in a mangrove forest. Right. 
So, you know, mangroves, they got leaves. How do scientists choose to take a thing? I mean, because, like, one time I pooped in a mangrove forest. I know, yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah. I saw little dangly things off of leaves. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't think to take them to a lab. Well, I mean, so that is actually one of the points of this paper, is that we have probably been underrepresenting how many big bacteria there are in the world simply because we did not believe that what we were seeing could possibly right. be a bacteria. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, this is like, there's like a whole theory about this, right? Is you could only see what you know to look for. Yeah. So this huge hair goober thing, a centimeter long, was hanging off these leaves that had fallen off of mangrove trees into the Caribbean, basically, right? I thought of a better example that comports more with our ideological tendencies. Okay. It's like you can only find weapons of mass destruction if you know to look for them. And sometimes you find them even if they're not there. <laughs> right? Nice. <laughs> it's kind of like nice. that. That's very good. Yeah. That's very good. Um... <laughs> sometimes you never find them. You could have taken this in all kinds of but directions. But you're already though. in Iraq. So it could have okay. been, like, been like, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't know that there are any handsome Asian leading men right. until finally you, like, you try. You know yeah. what I mean? You look out there and then it turns out. There can be. I can't yeah. think of any right now off the top of my head. Dan Day Kim. Oh, yeah. He's hot. He is hot. It's actually a really uncanny episode of Voyager where, like, the whole show has Harry Kim, right? Yep. Guy's about as fuckable as a melted Twix bar, right? <laughs> yeah, that's and, true. And, and, <laughs> and, which, by the way, I don't even think the actor's fault. I was looking at him one day, like, really looking hard. And I yeah. was like, you know, he's okay looking. Yeah. They just wrote him to be a, a bitch. It just kind of sad. Uh, they absolutely yeah. did. I mean, like, repeatedly, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's one episode where Daniel Day Kim is a guest star on it. Mm -hmm. And the whole episode, I was like, why isn't that guy just, like, George Takei studying it up on the Voyager? Like, why, yeah. why, is, why is he... There's even a moment in the episode where basically he could have just stayed on the ship. Yeah. And they're like, that Asian guy's too hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we already yeah, got one. Yeah. We already yeah. got a beta. Like, get him off of here. Ex I think it's exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, he goes on to Lost. Yep. And it's like, well, he should, he should hot guy on a beach. He's hot. Yeah. He's hot. Anyway. So this long strand situation looks very similar to a group of bacteria that like to oxidize sulfur as their way of getting energy. The Thea Margarita. The Thea, uh, yes. I think it's probably Thio. <laughs> probably Thio Margarita. But Ooh, th in any case. <laughs> Thio Margarita. These <laughs> That's my name. It's from the Caribbean, That's my dude. stripping name. Because so, I got thighs and I got margaritas. There are already Ooh. discovered species of Thio Margarita that make these kinds of long strands. But when you look at them under the microscope, what you see is it's actually a bunch of individual like thousands and thousands of individual bacterias oh. kind of all lined up in a row wow. right in a right. chain okay and then that makes something long enough that you can see it with your visible eye okay? all right so they were like oh well maybe this is a species of thio margarita let's go ahead and grab it let's take a look under the microscope mm. and indeed it is a species of thio margarita but but when they looked at these long strands instead of thousands of little bacteria they found that it was just one fucking big one so we're talking about a bacteria that's actually as visible and as long as one pubic hair from System of the Down. Yeah, maybe... Maybe, maybe shorter than maybe, that. Or I was going to say maybe not quite as thick. <laughs> I still think it's not quite as thick. Okay. <laughs> so, I think lengthwise, yeah, maybe. maybe it's right? just like a coil wire, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I know what those dudes look like, and like I'm thinking that they yeah. got some pretty thick situations. <laughs> Why do you think they're so mad all the time? It's because they're always chafing against their wiry pubic hair just by walking, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> so I, I, I empathize. I understand, guys. I understand uh, your pain. All right, let's take a quick break. Was that an we... admission about your pubic hair? 
<laughs> let's take a break. Yes. And when we come back, uh, let's go ahead and uh, kind of frame this into like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> because, <laughs> because I completely understand if, if you're sitting there and you're like, well, it's a really big bacteria, but like, who cares? Right. Um, I would love to tell you a little bit about why I care. Yeah. So let's get that break. I'll and when we come back, let's do it. Why I care. Oh, shit. After the break. Oh, shit. Sean here. As you guys know, I'm a great scientist and a loyal lover. But I am ugly, and because of that, my beautiful friends periodically spit on me. Studies prove that good-looking folks are black holes of empathy, incapable of the basic acts of kindness that make civilization possible. If only they could get beaten with an ugly stick, and finally understand the world as we ugly people live it. Now there's the perfect service for your beautiful friends, Ugly Stick. You sign up for the service, and empathy artists will arrive at your friends' apartments or homes, extreme makeover style. They uglify your friends so that they can internalize all of the things we uggos go through every day. Your friend will become a more conscientious person, beautiful inside and out, thanks to you and to Ugly Stick. So sign up today. Make the world a more beautiful place by making your friends uglier. Okay, so why do we care? Sean, I'll tell you my reason first. I, yep, love it. Anything to delegitimate science <laughs> is <gotcha>. important, <laughs> right? Because we're at a warring civilization right now <laughs> between the truth and science. Yep, yep. And so anything that can make a scientific notion seem false is good. What's your reason? So, so uh, hold on, a small digression. You know, there's the JWST telescope that's been getting like oh, cool yeah, sure. galaxy pictures and stuff like that. James Webb? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's just like that sounds so much like social justice warrior. So the James Webb uh, Space Telescope has been taking all these pictures. Yeah. And it's been able to take these pictures basically going back to pretty much the edge of the yeah. observable universe back right. in time to right. the earliest galaxies. And the earliest galaxies end up looking different than what we thought they would. Right. Oh, okay. And so Ooh. there's been this interesting wave of people being like astronomers are a mess right now. Like, yeah. all, the Big Bang might not even have happened. They're like, all of their theories, they don't know anything anymore. They have to, like, reconstruct all of astronomy from scratch. It's so weird. And I'm like... I mean, that's the that's, dream. If they're stunned, it's because of how excited they are. Right. Because there's all of this great new data, and people get to publish new shit about how yeah. they're adapting the existing theories right. to make sense of this new data. And, like... Scientists are thrilled. Yeah, can you imagine how boring your life was as an astronomer? <laughs> like before yeah. you got to rethink the origin of the universe yeah because basically you're just saying it looks more like the universe as we know it yeah you know like it, yeah you want that it, you know people really do like i think because we have like certain kind of toxic masculine notions of knowledge right that, sure. that, that yeah. they're supposed to be i mean i don't want to overly push patriarchal but they're supposed to be firm and turgid and never changing and like that's not at all the premise of science, of empiricism, right? It's supposed to change and even be destroyed and recreated. Like That's like what makes it a better system. The extent to which science has flaws is the extent to which because of the frailties of human institutions, we sometimes get ossified. Um, in reality, we're supposed to be fluid Sexually fluid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think I think and the science. issue is that um, some people have trouble distinguishing between the adaptation that occurs when you get in new good quality information right. versus like the staunch defense of things like vaccination and things like that, right. where it's like, well, what if new information comes in where you have to change your mind about that? And like, 
If there's new right. good quality information that comes in, people will adapt scientific principles in order to kind of yeah. incorporate that into hypotheses. Right. It's just that's not what happens with vaccines because, right. you know, I mean, like that it's shit just, gets vetted and it works or it doesn't. Yeah, it's just, you know it's just not mean? panning out like that, guys. Yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, wow. So okay. that was a huge digression. Sorry, okay, everybody. So, so we've established why I think this matters. <laughs> Sean, why, did, why does it matter to you that there's a really big fucking bacteria? Yeah, so in the previous segment, I even already said that there are amoebas that are bigger than this bacteria. Right. Right. Well, bacteria are prokaryotes, and what right. we all learned in school about prokaryotes is that they're supposed to be simpler than eukaryotes. Right. Prokaryotes were supposed to be kind of like sacks of, like, there's, like, juices and, like, proteins and sugars and fats and whatever inside, and, like, this big circular piece of DNA that's just, like, floating around in there. There's no nucleus or anything like that, right? right? And to the extent that they have organelles, in high school, what we learned about is they have ribosomes, and those ribosomes are doing their thing. Right. So we have this kind of idea that prokaryotes are maybe more primitive yeah, than eukaryotes. Yeah. Yeah. They're like this state of nature. Yeah, they they are the state of nature. Hey, I'm I'm so sorry for doing this. What? But uh, when you said sack, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting this ad on Hulu for a company called Love Sack that what? does sectionals. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I keep getting these ads that's like a very pleasant biracial family uh-huh. uh, readjusting their sectionals. And it's like, uh, customize your love sack to your needs. <laughs> and it's just flabbergasting. Oh, man. <laughs> that like, is difficult. Make your own love sack today. That, that is tough. <laughs> yeah, so eukaryotic cells, as opposed to just being a love sack, eukaryotic <laughs> cells, they have a nucleus. They have mitochondria and an endoplasmic reticulum and Golgi they have like all of this shit in there yeah all of these extra membranes inside that create all of these interesting looking structures and so it's no mystery really that once people were looking at things under a microscope they were like oh these bacteria are kind of boring right and these human cells are pretty dope yeah right? and so there was this kind of dichotomy right. of like oh these ones are simple these ones are more advanced right. and that kind of plays into our pre-existing biases a little bit yeah. Um, and is validated in most cases. Right. And, you know, to be fair to us a little bit, we yeah. did an episode a while back about bacterial weapons of war. And in that episode, we went into how bacteria actually have pretty complicated physical apparatuses right. inside. Of and them. that's also if we kind of figured out more recently, right? I mean, yeah. we're talking about like the basic framework from, like you said, like 60 or so years ago, right? Right. Yes. Yes. And so while. Well, fucking stupid back then, Sean. <laughs> So while yes, yes, you ever and, seen Elvis, and, <laughs> and we, we you know, so so while the high school version that you and I learned is certainly an oversimplification, I didn't really learn it anyway. <laughs> That's not you. You liked biology, Mr. Spinagle was yeah, dancing, dude. Yeah, <laughs> sister, sister, just listen to intervisions, sister, sister. Yeah, he was doing like sister chromatids. He loved um, that shit. Uh, it still has some underlying truth to it in that most bacteria do not have very many, if any, internal membranes that make up organelles. Right. Okay? And the reason why those organelles are so useful is because they help split up areas inside of a cell, kind of like how there was a time where, like, everyone liked open spaces inside of apartments or whatever, and then people realized that they like privacy when they're (laughs) shitting and things like that, and they, like, actually build walls and everything. Yeah. So... Same sort of thing. I like walls for all my rooms except the bathroom. Yeah, you like yeah, that one. yeah, yeah. I like <laughs> Au naturel, baby. <laughs> That's pretty fucked up. I'm annoyed when Stacy has the door closed. 
<laughs> Let me in. I want to watch. <laughs> Let me in. Um, <laughs> so those organelles help split up the inside of the cell and organize things into nice like container store style buckets mm. where all the proteins you need to do electron transport chain shit to make ATP, you kind of have that in your mitochondrial bucket, right? Yeah. And they're all nice and close to each other. Or all the enzymes you need to be digesting a bunch of shit that you brought in from outside the cell, they all hang out inside the uh, lysosome, for yes. example, right? So that kind of separation and segregation of things inside of a eukaryotic cell, well, we thought that that was a really key component of what makes a eukaryotic cell a eukaryotic cell and right. so allowed to be so much bigger. And we just thought most bacteria were small enough that they don't really need to do this kind of segregation. Right. But So we thought. So we thought. Whoa. Okay, so let's take a break, and then we'll come back to finally, yeah, let's get into what this one is doing uniquely that allows it to be so big. How did Mac put it? Science is a bitch sometimes. Is that how Mac said it? Okay, let's take a break. Science is a liar sometimes. (laughs) Okay, break. Woo! The following is an actual advertisement. My name is Rob, and I'm host and guide to songbirding a new relaxed pace birding by ear podcast that takes you into the breeding territories of a number of bird species in Midwestern Ontario. You can find songbirding wherever you get your podcasts or visit songbirding.com. Oh, we're back. Oh, whoa. Hey. Hey. Um, so this bacteria is really uh, big. Thiomargarita magnifica is way too big to not have some kind of internal organization. And it does have a big internal vacuole, which is kind of like a big kind of trash area. It's not always trash, but a big storage area that is membrane bound. And it takes up like 75% of the space inside of this mega bacteria. A super quick digression. Yeah. Doesn't Thiomargarita magnifica sound like a sculpture of like... The Virgin Mary's whore best friend. She's like this really mm. big woman named Margarita. Yeah. Who's like also by the manger in early depictions. Yeah, and is like, yeah, yeah. But she's like breastfeeding Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Right? Just, she's like holding like full grown Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And he's breastfeeding off of her. Yeah, it's the she's magnifica, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Michelangelo's twin piece that was destroyed in the counter-reformation. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> like blasphemy. Yeah. Yeah. But she, she actually... <laughs> she actually lactates margaritas, and that's like the best part of it. I love it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so it has this big internal vacuole. The vacuole is kind of a, it's this big membrane bound uh, organelle bubble, and it's probably holding some stuff required for doing uh, the oxidizing of the sulfur compounds that it uses to get energy. Okay. But what's interesting is that outside of this vacuole, it and eats that- sulfur? Yeah, basically. That's cool. It takes in sulfur, mm. changes the nature of that sulfur a little bit. It, mm. it strips some electrons to some of that, and then right. uses that to feed into its electron transport Could it chain. Make a sulfur-based baby. Um, no, but it does have sulfur granules in it, Whoa. so it has like little chunks of sulfur in it. Whoa. Okay, keep going. So, in the remaining twenty-five percent of the space, there are many more membrane-bound organelles. And a lot of these membrane-bound organelles have DNA inside of them, something we have never seen before in bacteria. 
It's basically like a little proto-nucleus, hmm. something that we only thought eukaryotes could do, yeah. or ever did do, is have something to store and separate the DNA from the rest of the cell. Okay. And, uh, They're called pippins. The, the authors called them pippins. Why are they named after that particular hobbit? <laughs> it's because some of the authors are French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they're like, pep means something in France. Yeah, and right. like, they're like, it's like a little, like getting ready to yeah. do the thing. But yeah, so it's yes. a French thing. That's why they... You wouldn't understand. They like Pippin. <laughs> yes, yeah. You wouldn't understand it. That's um, true. He actually was an early king, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, let's keep going. So. Oh. Yeah, wait. I think he was. Yeah. Yeah, he was like one of the... He wasn't like... I think he was a little after Clovis, maybe? But he was like one of the early either Merovingians or like um, Carolingians, wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't he Wasn't he pre-Carl uh, Martel? Wasn't he even named Pippin the Short? Oh yeah, Pimpin' the Short. <laughs> that fucking dude. Pimpin' the Short. <laughs> anyway, fuck. Okay, fuck. This giant bacteria doesn't just have one nucleus, though. One of these little pepins. It has a shitload of them, like tens of thousands of them. How many pepins? <laughs> it's got like tens of thousands of pepins. The Short. <laughs> and its genome within each one of these pepins is huge. It's around the size of a baker's yeast in terms of DNA length, right. but it codes for about 11,000 genes, which is like half as many genes that we have. Why okay? do you need that in a bacteria like this? Right. So what are all of those genes doing, right? Mm. Some of those genes are coding for the kind of complicated process by which this bacteria keeps elongating mm. and keeps on producing basically like these little way stations for making new proteins and stuff. Oh, that's smart. Like the Incan Highway. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Well, shit. I know, right? <laughs> I'm actually, the part that I'm surprised about is that I knew what you were talking about. Oh. Because I knew that you would, un, like, yeah. that reference I makes understand sense for my you. own reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me, but I was surprised. Well, it's actually, interestingly, is actually an excellent comparison, right? Because uh, the Incan way stations were a method for communicating across an empire without a clearly formalized written system. Yeah. They did have, like, a crazy one, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, like, very good. <laughs> you know? Because, like, if they had, like, characters like Chinese or English, they could have written the Spanish or bad. Mm-hmm. Instead, he had to, like, decipher some threads. You know, but anyway, anyway, what yeah. am I saying? It was originally a good reference before I over-explained it. I liked it, though. <laughs> so there are several reasons why people thought bacteria could not get this large, but they largely center around the geometry. As things get bigger... It takes longer to get from one end to the other, and sometimes that time is just straight up too long, and you don't get things done efficiently. Right. Signals can't propagate. The organism can't react fast enough. The southern army gets to Kuipu a little too late. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so keeping things coordinated across what, for a bacteria, would be a very long distance, requires certain kinds of organization that we did not think bacteria possessed. Right. Right. We were wrong. But there are other elements of geometry, like the surface area gets bigger as you grow larger, but your volume actually increases even faster. Mm. And this maybe people will remember from high school geometry, but when you're trying to figure out the area of like a square or something, it's like X squared. Right. But when you're trying to find out the volume of a cube, it's to the third power. Right. Right. So the volume always grows faster than the surface area. Oh. And... We use the surface area for all kinds of shit. We use the surface area for electron transport chain stuff. So, like, literally, the way we make energy, you need enough surface area. But if your volume keeps getting bigger faster, there's a point where you're not making enough energy. Oh. Um, so, there's a lot of reasons like that where it can be difficult for things to get that much larger. And right. one of those big issues, the one where it takes too long to get from one end to the other, 
is related to a fun physics principle called random walk mm. or diffusion or Brownian motion. Yeah. And so we're going to end here today with our bacteria talk. And then next time we're going to talk about random walk because I like it. And I don't care if no one finds it interesting. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You guys are going to listen to me. <laughs> I have a baby in the other room. <laughs> it's called Random Walk. You're going you're gonna to listen. There's <laughs> a better volume. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for uh, joining us this week. Next week, join us for Brownie in Motion. Mm-hmm, All right. Mm-hmm, thank mm-hmm. you, Stacy, our soundload engineer, and Brian and Griff for Artworks. Yeah, and we have an email address, petridishpod at gmail.com. And we have a Twitter at Dish Podcast, and we have patreon.com slash petri dish. Okay. Yay, we'll wow. see you next time. Bye. Ooh, feel Margarita Magnifica. Mm-hmm.